Welcome back, uh, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 6 of Beyond the Board. I don't know if we can count last episodes as an episode, can we? This might be Listen, episode 5. <laughs> it was your solo moment, and I'm going to give it to you. You're like the queen you are. Alright, cool. So this Wait, is... you did a, a solo moment? What do you mean? Yeah. Oh my god. Right. I just looked. I just. I just looked this up. Yeah, dude. And we realized have... that there's a fifth episode. I didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, it'd just be saying we don't have an episode coming out. Uh, oh. Yeah. So we'll say this Damn. is episode six. I'll claim that as my own. No, 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 no. This is officially episode five. Thank you. Well, thank you for holding me true. Um, the other one was four point. I, yeah, I pulled up our Spotify to double check. Uh, this is officially. Last week was four point five. This hey, week is, or this is five. This week. I'll, is I'll take that little happy. Yeah, I'll it's a little, it's it. a little four point, four point one, whatever you know. I'll take it. Half more it's like zero point zero three three or something like that. I'm like a fraction of our running time, so. Bro, literally like still a child. one third. Oh, dear Lord, what did you just say, Paul? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and that is a perfect segue into the class we're talking about. <laughs> Uh, talking about half chub, setting the tone. Setting uh, the tone. Oh, <laughs> uh, what class are we talking about today, fellas? Bro, we're talking about them bardy boys. That's right. We are talking about the bard, the kings themselves, and queens. And I am super stoked for this because this is my favorite I... class in D and D. There, this is it. After this, we've got what eight nine something more classes it doesn't matter this is the peak for just me downhill right here. for you it's just downhill <laughs> i've hit the peak it was only took us three classes to get here including this one and after that i'm just gonna just half-ass it so i'm not gonna lie i pegged you more for a wizard dude that's my I second kinda... favorite class so you're right there dude <laughs> yeah you're right there <laughs> the only reason i prefer prefer bards over wizards Four. is because of the uh, versatility even though there's different schools of magic that you could be like oh yeah i'm a abjurer uh uh conjurer and like necromancer and stuff like that but they're still Dude. they're still basically open up your spell book cast spells you know where bards you could be like a swashbuckler uh a sage uh super it's, it's super like cool. we, uh, it's like we talked about in the first episode with your way of it because i've always viewed it as being like the loot player like the painter like an artist but you were going into like talking about storytelling and stuff and oh, i yeah. thought that was a really cool way to go about it oh yeah super cool stuff very unique it is it is very very unique um so why don't we get into bard as a class so what's really cool in the introduction into kind of what bards are is they have this really interesting uh, opening i'm not going to read it word for word but basically the summary is not all jugglers minstrels and singers are bards yep and not all bards are singers minstrels and jugglers so not when you're traveling with your companions and group in the DD world and you go into a tavern and you see someone singing and doing this this ballad up there um it's kind of like barbarians where people are like oh he's a bard whereas uh noble people and social people within uh populated cities will think of any nomad as a barbarian but that's not necessarily true um bards are anyone who can recall words of power from music and stories themselves which is kind of cool it's actually a pretty uh rare thing in the D D lore which is kind of cool um it's uh like 
a true bard is rare, but minstrels and storytellers aren't. So it's kind of cool to actually call yourself a bard in that kind of setting. True sense of it. Yeah, really, really cool stuff. Well, that kind of goes into a which I'll talk about later, like the acolyte background for it. It uh-huh. kind of makes you more of a religious knower of tales, which, like, like you were saying, it's just a pass along of history through whatever means necessary. Right. So it's just kind of cool to think about it all the different ways. Yeah, it is. It's it's a it's for sure a cool class. And so, what's really cool about them, and I'm gonna pull up their uh, sheet so I can actually tell you what it is. So like we always do, we talk about their saving throws, and can you guess what they are, boys? Charisma. What's charisma? For sure, charisma and dexterity. And this kind of makes sense, charisma, obviously, because to captivate an audience, whether you're singing, playing a song, it's all about your swag. And so whatever you could do to um, captivate them and bring them into what you're trying to sell, that's why charisma is a saving throw for a bard. It's also their number one skill. Second one... (laughs) Can you guess? Dex. I think you said it. I was gonna say yeah, you, you said, said it. You already said it was Dex. Oh well, you know I'm tripping. I'm drinking Diet Coke over here. Things are giving out. The <laughs> <laughs> dad brain. Yep. Drew's tripping off the juice. Uh, He's tripping off the freshly, juice. Freshly mowed lawn in the backyard. <laughs> sip of the Diet Coke. Life's, life's oh good. My God, he's. He's peak dad. Somebody please cue uh, American Pie, please. Okay. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> we have the rights for that. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, so, yes, dexterity. And the reason I think for this is um, a lot of bards will use, like, um, pizzazz, like juggling or knife throwing or fire breathing or, like, sword dancing. And so there are a lot of different components that makes dexterity very valuable for them and on top of that a lot of bards kind of duo and will go into this as spies and so they need to be very dexterous inside a hand and stuff like that too so pretty cool stuff and that's why their saving throws are those two plays into the stereotype because to be a bard you got to be really good with your fingers and really good with your tongue if you know what i mean uh- <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that is. We get into the flip side of bards. That is very true. Um, Because with high charisma becomes uh, some dangerous waters to trippers. And we like to rock the boat if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) So. um, You can keep trying to steer us away, Drew, but it's bards. We're sticking with it. I just better accept it. I need to just pound this Diet Coke really fast and just get Listen, I I just had to say it. We no, were all thinking about we were it. All thinking I was going to say, hard. we're it talking about bards. <laughs> it was a matter of I'm surprised we've kept it. Uh, no, I started off with the half chub thing, so I went into it. <laughs> I, I couldn't hold it together. Um, that's all good. Neither can bards sometimes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, after going over the class this week, uh, what kind of features stood out to you guys? Uh, for me, it went with the uh, subclass I kind of gravitated towards okay it's a college of creation and you have the ability it's a mode of potential and you can create or animate any object and then you can make it fight for you for an hour after a certain level like it's just so cool to think of it like people know you around town as you make your little you make shit dance around when you're playing music then all of a sudden you use it in a fight and it just becomes a menacing thing yeah 
Yeah, College of Creation is definitely cool. I've looked into that a little bit. I almost played a College of Creation Bard not too long ago. Um, and before we dive into subclasses, there is one thing that we need to address, and what is the bread and butter of the Bard, and that is the Bardic Inspiration. Um, so oh, hell yeah. For those who don't know what Bardic Inspiration does, it does a whole myriad of different things, um, but it's basically as a bonus action you can inspire your party. And so at level 1 you get a d6 and whenever you inspire someone they get this bonus d6 of inspiration die that they can choose to roll with skill checks, ability rolls, and then some subclasses let you roll with attack rolls but not damage. Um, so it's just basically a bonus and it's cool because it's like blessing. Yeah, it's written in a sense where it's like as a bard you roll you inspire them and when a player rolls the dice and gets like a 12 and he's trying to like deceive someone and he looks to the DM and before the DM says whether this is a success or a failure he can then choose to roll the dice so it's like you don't have to decide before you see the result of the roll so it's not like a waste it, it's pretty it's pretty cool pretty cool ability and that's like the bread and butter of bard and then they get a whole bunch of other things um, that helps out with party. Uh, they get like song arrest that helps heal people, kind of soothes them while they're in and out of battle. When they roll a hit die, they get to roll an extra d8, I think, at the start, and then it improves up to a d12. And the coolest thing about bards is they know how to do everything. They get jack of all trades at level two, which you get to any skill that you don't have proficiency in, you get to add half your proficiency bonus to. So, <laughs> you... Dude, they're a busted they class. I love birds. a jack of all trades. They literally get one of the most busted abilities in the entire game, which only rogues are the only other ones who get it. They get expertise. Yes. Yeah. lets you double your proficiency bonus. Yes. So it's like, for... Well, well, I guess for it's a specific ability check. Or, uh, oh, wait, no, 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 no. It's... Uh, let me read that again. So yeah, you just pick two of your profi skill proficiencies, and you're like, yeah, I'm just naturally really good at that, and you just double your proficiency bonus, Yeah. which at, like, level 10 is, like, automatically a plus 10. That's like, cool, I just automatically roll a 10. Yep, and that's Minimum. why rogues will roll, like, 30-plus on stealth. It's because of this expertise thing, which is just nuts. Expertise is so um, It's so fun. And I'll get into it in the next little, little segment, but like there are backgrounds you can stack on top of it where it gives you plus two on top of that, plus two other skills that you can pick and choose. Like you can stack the shit out of a bar to just be a powerhouse of a player, damage, support, whatever you want to play. Yeah, it is super cool. Um, and I remember when I played my bard, I put expertise in like, I think I chose stealth for one of them, and the other one was just persuasion. And dude, I was talking my way out of everything. It was so It was, is that fun. the bard you played in the uh, pirate campaign, or is that a different one? Oh yeah, 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 the pirate campaign, for sure. Yeah, that was a very fun bard to see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. But was, yeah. That a, was your name Jackson? Uh, Jameson. You were so Jameson. close. Jameson. I remember Dude, that one. Yeah. To call back a year and a half ago off the top of the dome for yeah. a stoner, that was impressive. That was pretty close. That was pretty close. No lie. Um, and <laughs> uh, was it really that long ago? Shit. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's been a minute. That was beginning of the pandemic, my friend. Yeah. Virtual D&D. Not my favorite, but hey, we still needed to play. <laughs> it, the show goes on. As the bards do say. Um, but yeah, expertise, 
so strong and um, there's a bunch of other things that they get to um, counter charm which is exactly what it does when any of their party is being manipulated they get a, a bonus to counter charm that bards can try to dispel it really cool stuff and then they at the very end level 20 ability they get sp superior inspiration I believe what it does is every time they roll initiative if they're out of Bardic Inspiration, they automatically get a Bardic Inspiration. So they, they pretty much just never run out, and Bardic Inspiration gets up to uh, D12, I think, which is just super dope. So <laughs> that's the bread and butter of Bard's awesome, awesome class features. Uh, but now let's get into the subclasses. This is what we're really all about here. So Colin, why don't you, you've already spoken a little bit about creation. Anything more you want to add there? Um... Just, just a little baby bit. Maybe yeah, like throw, a good little throw, ten minute, throw, little ten minute blurb. Throw it in there, little baby. <laughs> we we only talk about little baby, not dough baby. Uh, no, <laughs> don't even bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, when you're first looking at the uh, your character sheet, when you're trying to build a bard, that should be a store. Build a bard. Build a bard. Um. <laughs> The best backgrounds you can go with are a courtier, or courtier, acolyte, and the bounty hunter, which, like, you were going into playing that kind of stealthy back back alley kind of shady character. Yeah. But when you're playing the courtier, you get a proficiency on insight and persuasion, which, as a bard, you're gonna be persuading left, right, and center, and it's kind of handy, because you're you're the talker of the group. More likely you'll end up doing like all the talking. And again, you get two additional languages with it, so that helps a lot as well. Mm -hmm. The sure. inner circle feat. Oh, sorry, I cut you off, Drew. No, I said for sure. I was agreeing with you. Oh. I was saying, yeah, it helps out a ton. <laughs> Thanks. For sure, for sure. <laughs> um, and the feat with that background is you get the inner circle with um, kind of party agendas. You have a guy for everything type of player. Like, yeah. no matter what, you, you can get in with shit. For sure. For sure. And they're, they're just, yeah, like you said, adding two more languages to it. I mean, being able to talk your way out of elven and orcs conversations yeah, as well as common helps out a ton. I was going to say, like, I feel like out of all the part, not parties, all the sessions we play, elvish and orcish come up almost all the time. Yeah. Or dwarvish. I would love to see like a statistic on like the language. What languages are used the most? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, when I first started playing D and I thought like celestial and abyssal would yeah. be dope as fuck to use, but you never hear it ever. Yeah. Like when are you gonna run into a like a celestial? You know, like common. If you are, you're fucked. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or it's just so random, you know. And like I, I'll have to review like what celestials are, but the only thing I think of are like angels and like gods and stuff. So. I think like it's above primordials. Yeah, just super super intense stuff. So, um, and then like um, like I mentioned before with the acolyte, you're more of the religion centered character, boosting religion as well as insight. And instead of being like with the the rich like nobles of the town, it's more of the high courts, like the people that need blessing, the local clergies, shit like that. And they actually set up your party if you're in town where like a local clergy is of your deity. They d give you healing, assistance within moderation, because it's a church. 
that they, they're not going to give you just, like, all the gold they have. Right. Then the last background is the Bounty Hunter. Like you were talking about, it gives you the proficiency in charisma, so you can be deceitful. And it gives you uh, proficiency in either deception, insight, persuasion, or stealth. And as a bard, you can use that in so many different ways. And yeah. the uh, kind of in you have with this class is you get the more of the underworld and the high society that do the shadier dealings. Then the top three races you go and get into are the Asimir, Tiefling, and a Half-Elf. The Asimir... Like joke. <laughs> <laughs> Asimir, Tiefling, and a Half-Elf walk into the bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Asimir is a good choice because it gives you plus two to that charisma. Several different sub-races, which gives you a plus one to like a bunch of different stats, just depending on which way you want to go with it. As well as Dark Vision, Healing Hands right out of the gate, Light Bear, and Celestial Resistance. Oh, that's kind of... Yeah, Celestial, right there celestial. With the celestial. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, the Resistance to Celestial is nice because it deals with Necrotic and Radiant damage, which right. you will bump into a lot, especially if you're getting to the cave diving and shit. Oh, for sure. And tieflings are good because they give you the resistance to fire, which anything can catch you on fire, unlike if you bump into acid, drowning, things like that. Like, literally, you can just bump into a torch and you can catch fire, so it's nice to have that little resistance. And they have that plus due to charisma as well, as well as intelligence, which isn't super important, but if you want to have proficiency in anything to do with intelligence. And to finish off the races, we have half-elves, which in my opinion are probably the best go-to beginner race. Cause like we were saying, how you can just kind of pick proficiencies, you get to literally hand pick them. Cause you get the plus two to charisma, as well as plus one to an additional two ability scores of your choice and skill versatility, which lets you pick whatever two skills you want proficiency in. So you don't even like have a small list to pick from or you get the set too like you can just pick whatever the hell you want yeah that's cool uh dark vision stack on an additional language as well as common and elven and like we said before you're gonna bump into that a lot and to top off you got advantage on saving throws against being charmed as well as you can't be put to sleep by magical means yeah half elves and elves are dope especially with that feature and they don't really need to sleep they just go into like that meditation state yeah so it's a bonus to it um yeah really really cool stuff on some advice on how to move in like when you're creating a bard and stuff um the subclass now that we did uh creation um the one i picked was the college of lore um this i think is a busted class it uh, i was reading over it that was honestly my tie for first pick with uh college yes. of creation and the reason for this is first of all right when you pick it you get bonus proficiencies so on top of expertise jack of all trades you also get when you join the college of lore you gain proficiency with three skills of your choice so Jesus. yeah just extra skills and they also get cunning words which is the coolest feature you know you pretty much just learn how to wit distract or confuse or otherwise sap the confidence and competence of others around you so you could use it as a bonus action to throw people off guard just by yelling profane things at them. And I, I love, you know, reading over this, it just reminds me of Scanlan Shorthalt from Critical Role, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's, it's so funny, this, this cutting words, and it can actually be super detrimental to a lot of situations. 
Um, the reason why I chose this was because they get additional magic fe uh, magical secrets at level 6, which they get to choose two spells from any class. It doesn't matter what it is. And as long as they can cast it, they can choose it. Um, which is I'm so, so sorry so to tangent. Cool. No, go for it. The, have you, you, you guys have never watched Dimension 20, have you? I haven't. Yes, what do you think? Come on. <laughs> I forget that you have one. Buddy the Elf is, is an icon. <laughs> Not the elf, buddy the gnome. Buddy the gnome. Yeah, buddy dude. the elf is also an icon, though, for different. Buddy reasons. the elf is an icon, but specifically when it comes to Dimension Twenty, Buddy the gnome. But is um, amazing. Talking about cutting words, they played a story called Unsleeping City, where short and simple, like magic just exists and it's in New York, create like covered by the Umbral Arcana. There's one character who's a bard, and she uses cutting words. She's like a thespian. This alligator tries to attack someone in her party. It misses, and her cutting words were, You're ugly, you're never gonna make it in this city, get the hell out of here. And the alligator starts crying and runs away. Alligator tears. <laughs> nice. Dude, like- it's Funny, cause literally in the previous season, they're doing a, like, what if John Hughes directed a D&D campaign? <laughs> for Fantasy High. And there's yeah. one that calls out one of the, like, video club dudes for being an incel <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's such she's like uh do you think that like women just like just like you just like deserve to have a girlfriend like what what do you have to offer these women you're not even cool dude like, like, yeah, just... no, it's not even you're not even cool she's like maybe go work on yourself and make yourself a little bit yeah. better yeah. and then the, the entire crowd is just like it's oh not my like God. she casted vicious mockery but i think she casted vicious mockery <laughs> So, yeah. Sorry, that was that. <laughs> no, no, I, I appreciate that. It's on my to-do list. I need to finish the first season of Critical Role, <laughs> and then I move on to others. Critical Role, Critical know, Role right? is like Naruto or One Piece. It's yeah, just it's got just, so it's much. Got, it's got so much to it. And also, I also listen to the Adventure Zone. I don't know if you guys know that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love the McElroy brothers and family, so I... There's a there's an off-season, because every other season of Dimension 20, they break, they do a guest cast, uh -huh. and uh, the McElroy brothers are in one for Tiny Heist. Oh, nice. It's really funny. It's like a Toy Story-esque story. Oh, that's cool. I'll have to Matt watch Mercer that. was in one, too. Because I love those boys. They're awesome. Um, <clears throat> anyways, back to our podcast. Sorry. 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 We are giving just a, we are giving a, a, plugs. a shameless plug for shows that are better than ours. <laughs> right. <laughs> that have a thousand times the viewers. <laughs> Listen, one day we'll have to call in the favor, and that'll be the day we make it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the reason I chose College of Lore. I think it's so cool. I think next time I will choose College of Lore, and I have a kind of cool um, backstory to do that we'll talk about in the end here. Um, but what about you, Juan? What was your college? Mine was, I've talked about this before, so like, I just, as someone who grew up watching scary movies all the time with their older brother, it's like what bond, well, movies just like bonded my family, but like scary movies specifically, when my brother and I shared our room in New York, we had a bunk bed, and I was that weird four-year-old watching Nightmare on Elm Street, Scream, like Child's Play, you name it, I was watching it. Should not have been at that age, but I was. That's uh, awesome. So, when they dropped the Ravenloft book, um, I'm forgetting what it's called. Oh yeah, you but were talking all, like, about the additional, all the additional spooky stuff, they dropped a bard subclass that I will play if I ever decide to play a bard. It's College of Spirits. Uh, with the Ooh. College of Spirits, it's less about... Because everyone thinks like bards are like, oh, you play a lute or an instrument or whatever, you know, like toss a coin to your yeah, witcher type. Lucky guy. This one's like, you're a fortune, not fortune teller, but you're, it's a, what's the word I'm looking you for? You read the bones. Um, yeah, you're, you're, uh, 
it a psychic? I'm forgetting the term. A medium. Yeah, um, thank you. You're essentially a medium, and that Sorry, plays in the middle of medicinal things. No, you're good. <laughs> you're pretty much on the power. So pretty much you have to pick a spiritual focus. So instead of carrying around like a loot or something, you're carrying around, it's, it says either a candle, a crystal ball, a skull, a, a freaking Ouija board. But you're that or, like, or a tarot yeah. deck. <laughs> um, you're carrying around one of those, and then that's like your bardic thing. And so instead of using bardic inspiration, you have this ability. Oh, on top of that, you have an ability called Tales from Beyond, where you literally channel the like spirits of old warriors and like old adventurers, and they tell you their tale. And then you then gain the ability, instead of giving someone bardic inspiration, you can then channel that spirit who told you their like life story and channel their skills into like so a party cool. member. it sounds so cool so like there's like 12 like one of his like tale of the angel the target regains hit points equal to two rules of your bardic inspiration die plus your charisma modifier and you end one condition from the following list affecting the target blinded deaf and paralyzed petrified or poisoned there's like oh, damn Tail of the Dragon, the target spews fire from the mouth in a 30-foot cone. Each creature okay. in that area must make a dexterity saving throw. Um, you be imagine the, being the person take, to fly throw out of. Or you take fire damage equal to four rolls of your bardic dice on a failed save. So if Holy I'm a high-level bard, the D12, 4D12 that yeah, you're taking wild. of fire damage. Imagine, like, being the, like the warrior that's like up front and your bard friend is just like eyes roll to the back of their head and all of a sudden you're spitting fire <laughs> i also want like <laughs> would love to see the surprise what the hell is happening <laughs> but it's like i don't know it's, it's like it's a cool it's a cool spooky vibe i have 100% am planning on playing this if i ever play a bard of just being like bro when spooky bitch when you play a bard come on yeah exactly when I, come when over to the light bard, i will be I will be College of Spirits. I will be the spooky bitch of the group. We're doing I the vision I'm gonna charge high school where it's just like, it's not if, it's when. <laughs> I'm going to charge my crystals on the full moon and then give you a reading hey. and, and align your chakras. And then I'm going to, you know, channel spirits to then fuck up my enemies. No cap, you sound like my mom. <laughs> <laughs> hey, your mom is a lovely woman. And I, I any comparison mom. to her, I'm, I'm about it. <laughs> I love Mama my mom Lederen too. But, is a treasure, but for sure she's charging crystals somewhere to fix people's chakra. For sure. So, <laughs> do you remember when your dad tried to convince me I had a parasite in my brain? Oh yeah, my you know my family's on some wacky stuff, man. You have no clue. <laughs> I was like, no, I just have chronic nosebleeds because my, the inside of my nose gets really dry. And your dad was like, no, 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 there's a parasite in your brain, 100% confirmed. And I was like, Drew, cool, thanks, Mr. LeBaron. Uh, I feel side. like you can relate to this because I say this all the time. I do not know how I ended up the way I ended up having the parents. Oh, I had. dude, same. I'll tell you. I have to say one thing. I tore my meniscus in my knee in a dance battle in a church party. Oh, yeah. I was a kid. Okay. <laughs> I was break dancing and I slipped on a plastic solo cup and my body went one way, my knee went the other way, and I heard it pop. Anyways, disgusting. Hurt so bad. I remember the next day I couldn't walk, obviously. My um, my meniscus is this little... I'm not going to get to the anatomy. It pretty much folded like a pizza roll, okay? And, oh, God. And um, I've never heard that expression before. I don't know if that's a thing, but it for sure folded happened, like a dude. pizza roll. Um, and uh, I was telling my dad about it. He's like, you know what, son? If you just have, <laughs> if you just have faith... 
the Lord will heal you and you will walk. And I was like, Dad, you're on some crazy stuff right now, man. Take me to the hospital, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Ten minutes later, I'm like, Dad, it didn't work. We need to go. <laughs> I prayed. <laughs> My divine inspiration was not there. <laughs> and that was when I decided I was never going to be a cleric. So, but yeah, kind of a fun side note. And so this, this brings us to our last portion of it what would you guys do as your backstory when creating a bard um yeah, i'll just write I, my backstory right now yeah dude uh, out there. Do it. <laughs> i would do this is for when i play my bard of college of spirits <laughs> um i'll probably make him like the weirdo okay so like yeah he's got high charisma and so like maybe <laughs> uh, not to throw shade at your mom but maybe <laughs> i like did an mlm yeah right <laughs> <laughs> It failed, and so I'm like, shit, well, there's money in adventuring, and I clearly you have, have all these gifts. crystals. <laughs> I have all these crystals, might as well use them. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, what about you, We'll Colin? work on it. It's a work in progress. It's, a work it's beautiful. I'm throwing us on the spot here. That dude was singing, I'm dying. <laughs> okay, I'll, 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 I'll go. I'll go. I'll let you recover. That MLM thing got a little too personal for me, so... <laughs> Uh, I, can't, I can't even breathe. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Like I said, I love your mom. I lovely do too. Woman. I lovely she, woman. She, she's one of a kind. She's the best. Um, uh, so um, what I would do? I've been thinking about this a lot lately, especially because I this is my favorite class for sure. I will play multiple bards in my future, and so. The very typical thing of bards is like they're this young adventurer, they're just fresh learning all these songs, stories, whatever they're going out on adventure. And how I would do it is it's this older guy, right? He's 65, 70 maybe, a human. He's done his adventuring in his past. He's all his friends have died from it, the long times of adventuring and like he was just on the road so much as a bard, had lots of lovers but never settled down and got married. And so at the end of his life he just kind of does the same routine he's no longer a singer story writer he put the loot down and bought like a small cottage in a city and as he's at like a local inn he's he almost coughs up his morning porridge because he just heard another just awful tale from this storyteller who's trying to entertain everyone and he remembers these are not the lines i learned he's butchered like six stories so far like this is awful this cannot be the, the lineage i left behind and so <clears throat> having nothing else to do he gets up he limps away grabs his coat from the coat rack and goes to the empty home where he has only trinkets of long memories past and he grabs his dusty loot case and thinks maybe there's still a story i can tell and so starts the last tale of bronze graybeard as he leaves oh my god so that's something i will play in the future this old bard who is no longer charisma in the sense that he's super uh this man just knows the game. Passion or anything. He's just, he's the storyteller who knows it correctly, and his charisma comes from the moving people that he can do, not the wooing, <laughs> you know? So, the passion. Um, so that's, <laughs> that's what I would do for sure. 
God damn, you're making me follow that up? Ah, sorry. I have to point out Drew's commitment as Bard being his favorite class, where Drew has never played a Bard that fucks everything. <laughs> yes, I know. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> he, he looks for every other... <laughs> every other opportunity. Specifically to Leave specifically it to Drew to find fuck. the loophole. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's like all your bards are asexual, <laughs> right? <laughs> they're like, just like, none no. of them, none of them. They're just ever. feeling themselves, dude. Dude, they're just they're, trying to. Honestly, there's nothing wrong with that. I just that's why I'm, I'm commending him. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. It's yeah. so easy to just be like, yeah, my bard fucks, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I, but Drews, Drews don't. Yeah, and I I've sat at tables turn, with the horny bards, sense. and they're super fun. Don't get me wrong, like I get a huge kick but out of it. I'm crying. There's some people that overdo it, dude. But it's it's very overplayed, I think, and it's just not my style. Of things, you know, like I, I'll well, tell a dirty joke here flavor, and there, but it gets overwhelming, you know. Well, that's the thing. Like if you don't do it with flavor, like it's it's just kind of not funny. Right, and and <laughs> like I don't know. Nah, I'm not gonna say it. But um, I mean, it's also just dope to play against type. I, I, yeah, I'm, it is. Like yeah. it's cool stereotypes. Yeah, but like, like D. I think type is fun. Yeah, like D. yeah, like your yeah, cleric. Like yeah, that was that was the best. I I feel like D would fuck if he had the ability to. Yeah, the dude's too focused on other things. When you've got he literal when you got literal yeah, death I, behind him. You know, how can you focus on anything else? When when you're the little personification of death, can you do you fuck? Does death fuck? <laughs> that is some deep metaphysical stuff that we can't get into with this. <laughs> Cause there's a line probably. <laughs> I don't All know. Right, call I, I don't know if we've ever crossed it, but we'll find it. <laughs> My background is to go from Drew's serious dope ass background. I'm <laughs> I like playing my bard like the best bard of true history, Jack Black. When I think of bards, I think of this guy who just fucking loves music, loves the attention, and he is good at his craft for no other purpose but being the center of attention. Like School of Rock vibes. Exactly. Like, when he writes that song, like, the, the Rent is way hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, that. that is this guy. I he just do. goes through, like... The easiest shit in life, but then he just writes these amazing songs where it's like, man, this guy's been through some troubles. Bro, and but that meanwhile, song, he's just like a drunk bastard. That song is so prevalent right now, is it not? The red is so uh, yeah. hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel that in my soul, bro. <laughs> but and if you've ever... Dude, this is a deep cut, and if anyone that uh, of our hundred maybe fans if you know this game there is a game that jack voiced where he was pretty much a barbarian that carried around an axe guitar Ooh, what the fuck was that game called Ooh. oh i, I think it was talking about i've played it I it was something it metal video <laughs> it was something metal yeah not no, me, i think dude. you're thinking of metal apocalypse <laughs> which is a tv show brutal legend also great brutal legend thank you brutal legend but yeah, no, like, that's kind of what I think about when I like to play the bard, just like, you go around go, getting into these misadventures, just kind of doing your own thing, then making music out of it. Yeah. Like, you're probably not the most qualified to go on your adventures, but you're definitely the most qualified to run. Sure. That... Oh my god, you're just, uh, you're just D&D &D, Tenacious D. <laughs> Pretty much, dude. Yeah, there you go, dude. I'll take it. I'll coin it. Yeah, Fuck it. bro. <laughs> um... Yeah, so there's so many cool things you can do with Bard. To end us, I, um, I, I've talked about the lore with them briefly in here, and I'm not going to get super in-depth with it because it's pretty well known. So like we do, we talk Give about... Give me the best player. We talk about the famous Bard. And so there was a lot... Wow. 
And the one I'm going to bring up briefly, his name is Deacon Scalesinger, and he is a kobold bard. And he is very prevalent in the Neverwinter series. He comes up and pops up in there quite a bit. Anyways, he was in service, enslaved to this dragon. I think it's the dragon's name. Was, yeah, it was uh, Timofar. Uh, uh, Farrar. that's what it is. How could I not pronounce that the first time, right? And D and D names are super easy. Seriously. Anyways, he served him pretty loyally, and he was like very close to the dragon. But he hated his life because like a cobalt life in service to a dragon is very much looting, raiding, hoping your dragon overseer doesn't eat you. You're the worker, Anne. Yeah. So he got close with the dragon because the dragon would let him sing and tell stories, and it was kind of a unique as a cobalt. You know, they're not really like that, and so he convinced the dragon that if he like got this artifact he was able to trade it with the dragon for his freedom and so he did and he ended up going on adventures with this very powerful wizard for a little bit um, and eventually settled down in neverwinter and he opened up a shop where he sold all his trinkets away from his adventuring and he became very very famous and well known as like this very kind um, and very powerful bard that even so much they named a street after him in Neverwinter. It's called the Deacon Street. So it's kind of cool. Um, he actually took place in the Underdark Escape from the Abyss, I think, um, and he helped defeat um, Mesistopheles, the Archdevil. So it's kind of cool. Sounds like a cat. Yeah. So he's 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 pretty <laughs> much a baller. Um, and he inspired a generation of uh, bard kobolds, so um, who look up to this Deacon Scale singer as like the first who pilgrimed to pave the way for this dragon kid to not be the typical fighter, looter, rogue, but to share their song in their hearts, which is really, really cool. And so that's that's Deacon. He is our famous character for bard, and. Boys, do you I think don't... that uh do you think that deacon ever fucked a dragon um <laughs> i gotta I, I gotta end us off on the most important note that's true take it away bro. i, I gotta ask the question that matters did deacon ever fuck a, a dragon I'm, the most famous bard one. of all time <laughs> fuck dude he, i i would yeah, say most famous bard of all so. time most bards are constantly trying to fuck dragons and what's funny is that in D D lore dragons can turn into people so oh, the facts. logistics aren't as hard as you think they are that's facts that's why donkey is the best and that's actually what I was gonna I was gonna segue here. Deacon might be the best bard in D and D, but you know who the best bard of all time is? <laughs> Donkey. Donkey from Shrek. Yes, sir. <laughs> he pulled it off. My brother pulled it off. The dragon didn't even have to transform. He still pulled it off. Yeah. And he had triplets. Yay. And he created Yay. some abominations, but damn it, he saw it through. He did. Sometimes abominations are the coolest things to walk this earth. He secured the bag. So Anyways, yeah, I just I had to I had to end us up on that point because uh, you know Deacon's cool enough. What a great way to close <laughs> it out. Yeah, that is a solid way to close out. I don't have anything else to add. Um, and I think Juan said it right. That is the best way to close out with Donkey is the goat or Donkey. Well played. <laughs> 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 Anyways, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week.